Charm Diamond Centers. Okay, not bad, but remember, those three little words carry a lot of weight. Has to save 50 years of a family-owned business. Charm Diamond Centers. Dylan, think lifetime diamond guarantee, unbeatable pricing policy, stores across the country filled with experts who love love. Charm Diamond Centers. 0% interest financing, trade-up policy, easy payments. I need to feel that in your voice. It has to sound like Charm Diamond Centers. Wow, that was really good. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, presented by The Nation Network. Subscribe for free on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Thank you, Lisa. Welcome to Oilers Nation Radio, episode 128. I am Bag Milk here with Tyler, your Emchuk Nation, Dan and Rick, and we are going to break down all things Edmonton Oilers and North Division for you as we head into the weekend. This week has been a much better week than it was last week since we last spoke. I'm sure the boys will agree. But first, I want to give a shout out to our friends at Sherwood Ford the Giant out in Sherwood Park, Alberta. As we do every week, I recommend that you head out there for your spring servicing. Maybe it's time for an oil change. I know I personally need to get one, so I'm going to head out to Sherwood Ford, get them to take care of it. Maybe you need some new tires. Maybe you just want one of those brand new Broncos that I've been asking for in the last few weeks. Again, we need four of them, different colors, some nation decals on there, some Sherwood Ford logos on there. We'll do a nice convoy around the Anthony Hende. It'll look real sharp. The advertising will be excellent. The branding will be on point. And all of us will be very, very, very happy. Of course, if you want to see what one of those Broncos looks like, I encourage you to check out Sherwood Ford's Instagram. It is at Sherwood Ford underscore the giant on Instagram and at Sherwood Ford on Twitter. Mr. Uramchuk, do you have a Sherwood Ford giant question of the week for us? You ask me that every week. Have I ever let you down? Never let you down. I always got a Sherwood Ford giant question of the week. And this week it is centered around trade talk, boys. Let's say, I mean, there's a lot of different scenarios, a lot of different ways Ken Holland could go at the deadline, but let's say he can get that top six left winger or something that is a really good fit. What is the most in terms of assets you'd be comfortable with Ken Holland giving up at the deadline? You know, if he can get Ricard Raquel, Jake DeBrusque, Victor Arvidsson, someone like that, are you okay with him giving up Holloway, a first? Maybe you're not even comfortable with either of those, but what are you most comfortable or what's the most you'd like to see Ken Holland give up at the deadline? All right, before we get to the answers, boys, I'm going to give you a little bit of info. All right, Dan? I know you're mm-hmm. eager for info. Big info guy. The trade deadline is, today is Friday, March 12th. It is 31 days away, Dan. You have to factor in a quarantine period in there as well. All right? 
And we also have to think about who on this team is going to be a free agent slash restricted free agent slash what we got for draft picks as we move in to next year. So just to give you a very, very quick rundown, Dan, because I'm going to start with you. Are you paying attention, Dan? Dan is paying eager attention, taking notes. I can see his pen working furiously. Typing, okay. so I don't want you to hear me typing. So if we're looking at draft picks to start, Dan, all we've got here is first rounder. Then they've got a fourth rounder, and they've got two in the sixth and one in the seventh. So nothing in round two, three, or five. All right? Looking at the players themselves, my boy Ryan Nugent Hopkins, unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. I'm going to assume he resigns. Uh, Alex Chason, unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. Jujar Kara, restricted free agent at the end of the year. Tyler Annis, unrestricted. Dominic Cahoon, restricted. Gaetan Haas, UFA. Kaylor Yamamoto, RFA. Devin Shore, RFA. Looking on the defensive side, Adam Larson is an unrestricted free agency, unrestricted free agent, I should say. And Tyson Berry is as well. Looking at the goaltenders, Mr. Mike Smith, aka Schmitty. A.K. the ageless one. A.K. everyone's angry dad. He's also a, an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. With all that said, now Dan, you've got your list. What assets would you be willing to part with at the trade deadline to bring in help? And of course, we've got a whole handful of prospects here that I can uh, that we can run through as well. Uh, yep. Orders are deep on the left side on defense. Dan, if you please. For me, it's a tough question because you don't know, like we, you have to kind of break it down into tiers, right? You've got your, your elite player that you're bringing in. I'm thinking of a, you know, a, a Philip Forsberg type of player where that's a guy that comes in and Taylor Hall, same kind of element of, you know, that's a big name. I'm not saying necessarily that we go and get that, but if I'm looking at an elite level player, I'm probably okay with giving up that first round pick if it's going to bring you back that elite player. Um, I'm also, I also think that you may be able to loosen up the log jam on D if you, uh, if you made a move there with one of the, one of the younger guys, not again, this I'm talking about elite level players. Now, if you're sliding down to that next tier where you're talking about the Jake DeBrusques of the world, the Eric stalls, perhaps then, then I'm looking at, uh, you know, a combination of perhaps a prospect like a Holloway, um, or, or those, dra- those later draft picks. Um, the first round draft pick, the cupboards, the cupboard is getting a little bare in the, in the forward department of our depth for prospects. So, so that's where I'm kind of, I, I'm hesitant to make that deal. But if you're bringing in a guy that's going to make a change on your team, again, that second level down from the elite pickups, then that's where I'm looking. So what about you guys? Tyler, you got the list of what's going on, who's expiring, what they got for picks. Obviously, they've got some prospects on the left side, like Dan mentioned. Uh, Philip Broberg, he ain't going anywhere. Yeah. Uh, but there is some got some people like, you know, Samorukov, he might be of interest to somebody. Caleb Jones is already a known commodity. He might be of interest to people. Tyler, what are you thinking? I think you got a lot of lefties on, on the back end, a lot of good young left-handed defensemen. And I'm not interested in rentals at this year's deadline. One... You know, the going price for a rental is usually a second, a third, or a fourth round pick in the upcoming draft. And the Oilers don't, I mean, they have a fourth, but if you deal that, then you really got nothing after the first round. So I'm not interested in rentals this year. I don't want Taylor Hall. I'm not big on Eric Stahl, who I know we're going to get to in a bit here, but I want players who are going to come in here and help for a couple of years. So I'm looking at the Raquels, the Arvidsons, maybe the DeBrosco, though I don't think he ends up getting dealt, but 
there are untouchables. Broberg's untouchable. Holloway's untouchable, in my opinion. What he's doing right now in college, he's going to come out of college and be pro at the end of this year. He's a freak. I, he can potentially be a top six guy in a calendar year for you. So I don't move that. A, a guy who so, has that good of a chance of producing on his ELC, I'm not interested in trading. So for me, if I can get a Raquel or an Arvidsson, I'd be comfortable giving up a first round pick and Caleb Jones. And I think that's where I would draw the line. If that's not going to get you what you need, I'm not dealing one of the big name prospects like Broberg or Holloway. A first and Jones is sort of what I use as my currency at this year's deadline. Only if I'm getting one of those wingers that can stay for a long time. It's interesting too, because like I said, the Oilers are shy on picks this year. So trading a first would have them sitting idle until the fourth round. But if you're getting a player, you know, maybe an RFA that can make an impact or somebody that could be around for a while, then maybe you'd be, uh, Holland be a little bit more willing to do it. Rick, what do you think? I was just going to um, say, I just want to jump in quickly, Rick, and just mention Samorakov is out for the season, so probably not going to be able to deal him. And from our prospect pool, also Thomas Missouri, uh yeah. is out for the season due to a sports hernia. So there's two prospects that I think Samorakov, you're right, Bag Milk, would draw some attention, but they're, they're unfortunately banged up. Go ahead, Rick. Uh, I still think he's. I still think he has value right now for sure. And just yeah, quickly, but. on the draft picks, it's worth remembering that the draft is probably going to be a bit of a shit show this year. Teams draft aren't getting picks. a lot of chances to look at guys, so that's something to keep in mind. Now I will let the Rick have the floor. <laughs> they're not even going. They're really not even had a chance to play. Like they're going to get their legs stretched out before the season's over, and I don't even know if they have a playoffs or whatever. So, uh, yeah, no, I don't have a lot of. Uh, I'm not. I don't see a lot of stock in the draft this year. So in terms of moving people, Tyler, I think you nailed on the head there. That first round pick for the right player coming back for sure. In terms of uh, warm bodies, I don't think I'm really giving up on any type of uh, prospect right now. So the first round can go one of like Jones or Lagesson. Uh I'm not moving any of the right-handed defensemen. Um, yeah, I don't really don't see us making uh, much of a move this year. But if I had to, I'd, I'm still looking at getting that goalie first. So if there was still available, I'd still use both those guys to go get that goalie before I go get that left winger. Before we wrap this up, I will just, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. Ken Holland did a, uh, a media availability yesterday and he was asked about the trade deadline. And just bear with me here as I read uh, a couple of quick paragraphs from him on his approach. And maybe that might change your minds or maybe it might just reinforce what you're already talking about. Uh, from Ken Hall, he said, I look at our team this year versus last year, and I believe that we're deeper this year than we were last year. Boys, do you agree? 100%. Absolutely. Except for maybe goaltender. Yeah. Yep, I agree with that, Dan. Uh, that part was by design. We've got a team of 29, so we were out and signed lots of veteran NHL players. Last year, I don't think we were quite as deep. We're deeper on defense this year than we were a year ago. We've got 16 or 17 NHL forwards that are on our 29-man list. I am not, in, in terms of what he's looking for, if he does make a move at this year's deadline, he said, I'm not looking for depth. Last year, I made a couple of moves for depth and tried to swing at the fences a little bit on Andreas Afanasiu. I don't think we need depth. I feel good about our depth. If there's a player out there that we think can go into our lineup and have an impact more than depth, perhaps that would be something I look at. So, an impact player. What do you guys consider? Would you consider a Jake? I know Tyler, I agree with you. I don't think Jake DeBrus is going anywhere, but is that an impact player? Would you consider that an impact player? He scored yeah. almost. Yeah. Like he's an impact guy. He's a guy who can probably jump into your top six and immediately produce. If there's some chemistry there, he, you know, has a history of playing on, he doesn't play a ton on the power play. Most of his production actually does come at even strength. So yeah, I, I think DeBrusque would be an impact player. 
I would give up a first for Jake DeBrusque. Dan, what do you think? You said he's an impact player. Yeah, I think DeBrusque is an impact player. I think that the for the goalies situation, you have to just see what you get in Staylock. And then, you know, you've got, again, like you mentioned with, the, with, that, uh, with that quarantine period, you've got some time to try and figure out what, cost, what you still have in Koskinen. But if the guy can't get out of his own head and Staylock isn't any good, to me, that's where you got to find that impact player, that player that can play with Smith and give him the rest and spell him. But yeah, it's, there's, there's, definitely, there's definitely some players to be had out there that could make an impact immediately on this team. And I like that Holland's thinking that way. I just to wrap up our conversation because I didn't jump in. I'm looking at this list of UFAs and players that are actually on the roster. And like there's UFAs, right? There's, you know, there's the Alex Chiesons on the lineup. There's Tyler Ennis. I don't, I can't see Ken Holland trading either player like that at the deadline, even though they're on expiring deals because they are trying to make a playoff push. Those are the guys you bring in at the playoff time. You don't get rid of them right now, especially exactly. in a spot where we're at right now. So, no, those guys one don't thing, go anywhere. One thing that's interesting, and I don't – I mean, I'm, this is just a hot take hotel for me, is the Oilers are playing well right now, and we haven't seen Zach Cassie in a while. Do you think there's any chance with three years left on his contract after this year that Ken Holland may look to move on from yes. a player that, you know – Maybe a little whoopsie-doo on that contract, Tyler. Well, like, you're watching how this team's played in the last month without him. Him at $3.2 million, look at what he is right now. He's a bottom six winger. So do you need to spend $3.2 million on a bottom six winger? No. If there's a deal out there to be had, yeah, I think you try to get rid of him. I even think you try to get rid of him to Seattle for nothing in the offseason if they just want to take that money. I don't think there's going to be any sort of contenders or anything like that lining up for a Zach Cassian. He makes too much money. He's a negative asset right now. Is that a bad contract for a bad, well, quote unquote, bad contract for bad contract type of trade, though? Can you do like your Neil Luch type of deal out there? Someone who's really kind of at the end of their run in another city and you're looking at relative same amount of dollars, you know? Like, say, somebody on the Boston Bruins? Uh, no, I don't. I think that's not a really a straight up trade. But if um, I know Tyler, you're against it and I'm kind of with you, but uh, the stall thing I saw before that even uh, um, uh, uh, Buffalo. Twitter account said yeah. they would do that and that they would do that trade straight up. If, if they would do that straight up, I think I'd be all over it just because it gives you a bit more cap flexibility in the off season. Right. And a like player it, who, and a player who has a little more versatility off, in your yeah. own, in your own lineup. I can't see Buffalo doing that. I think they're in a spot right now where they'd probably want to grab draft picks. And that seems to be where they're going once again, as an organization. Um, I, I don't see that working. If a Twitter account said it, I mean, if some Sabres fans are willing to do it, I mean, maybe there's a chance, but I can't see uh, Kevin Adams. I, I think that's their GM in Buffalo being willing to do that. Like, I don't see the upside for them. Cassian's not a guy who's really going to help with your rebuild. Right. So again, I, I don't think, I think Cassian makes too much money and he has too much term for a contender to be interested. And I can't see a rebuilding team being like, ah, that's a piece we want to get our hands on. Like, I think it's hard to get rid of a guy like Cassian. And I wouldn't do the whole, bad contract for bad contract thing. Cause I don't mind him on Edmonton. He just makes a little bit too much money. Like Lucic had to go. You could not bring that guy back Cast, You can have him in your bottom six. He's a good bottom six winger. He just makes too much. It's kind of like Chris Russell, right? He's fine on your third pair, but he makes $4 million. So you don't want him there. Yep, that's fair. Yeah, it's the same thing as I think like, all right, Tyler, here's a, here's another question for you. We're talking about Seattle as our potential dumping ground for our problems. Yep. Assuming that they want to play. Assuming they want to play, would you rather them take 
Zach Cassian, who has more term left, less money. Or James Neal, more money, less term. Cass. Neal. Yeah, you got to go Neal. Boys, go ahead. I'll take the extra two million bucks. Like, again, Cassian... Cassian's a better bottom six winger than Neil is. He won't produce on the power play for you, but if you have Chase on, if you have Paul Yarvi, you don't need James Neal. So I would rather, I know it's one more year that Cassian would have at 3.2, or is it two more years? No, it's one more year at 3.2, but that's $2.57 million. That's a lot of money. You can do some damage with that. That's You could go long-term with Yamamoto and up the offer to Nugent Hopkins and get that done and be at, you know, right? Be in a good spot still. Last week, didn't you say you're going to buy out... James oh, if I can't trade Neil, I'd buy him out because I think that buyout's really, really juicy. That's part of the reason I think they did the deal, Neil, for Luke so, G, just because they looked at it like that. So would you rather them would you rather have Cassian on the team or the buyout of of Neil here and have them take the other guy? Because that's where I was going with that. Oh, so like take, Cass, take Cassian and then we buy out Neil. I, that's where I was going. That gives you all of a sudden like a ton of money in the offseason. If that's you have where, but, that's that's what I was thinking about right there. But this isn't the off season to, to have to open the coffers. Like it's not a, it's not a very lucrative UFA pool that we're looking at. No, but you're trying to create, you're trying to create money to sign your own players right now. And I think they do have enough money to get their own guys done. Like if you go, if you allow me to play armchair GM here for a second and pull out my calculator, this might take (laughs) a minute. Um, But the Oilers, the Oilers right time, now. While you're working on your yeah. on the on the math here, since we're talking about players and re-signing players, there's two UFAs that are you know high impact players that we're talking about on the roster that need new deals, both Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Tyson Berry. So while Tyler's working on that, here's Ken Holland's quote on Ryan Nugent Hopkins: "It's trying to find a solution that works for the player and makes good sense for the team. It's different and sort of a new marketplace. That's all added up to a slow slowness of the market." In Ryan's case, speaking of Nugent Hopkins, I would like to have him uh, part of our team going forward, but a deal has to make sense for both sides. There's an unknown here because we've never been here with a flat cap looking forward for the next few years and how it's going to affect the decisions that everybody makes in this league. He did add, though, however, that Holland and Nugent Hopkins' agent are back in contact. They are talking. When it comes to Tyson Berry, though, he says that uh, extension conversations have not started quite yet. He's like the way Tyson Berry is playing right now, but they just haven't started yet. There's plenty of time um, left. Tyson Berry's not going anywhere, at least not by the deadline by any means. So there's plenty of time to get that one done before then. Tyler, your calculator. Yeah. What say you? So the Oilers are going to have roughly $24 million to spend this year. Let's use like outer markers in predicting these contracts. So let's say they give Nuge six and a half million. Fair number. Say seven. But, say seven okay. That's I would say seven. That's the number. Yeah, I think seven's the number. Yep. Sure. Seven, zero, seven zero, for Nuge. Zero, zero. Outer marker. Let's say they want to go long term with Kyler Yamamoto. Four and a half million on a six year deal. That's your outer marker. I like. That. Let's say Bouchard gets brought up. He's full time next year on his ELC, and you've committed to Alex Stalock being your backup goaltender. He makes league minimum. Just for the sake of simple math, league minimum plus an ELC that might have some bonuses. Let's call that $2 million. So now you're looking at your team. You have essentially your five, you do have your five best forwards locked up. You have six defensemen under contract for next year because you'd have Nurse, Russell, Bear, Jones, Lagason, and Bouchard. That's not even counting a potential cleft bomb return either. 
So you're, you're losing one. You're losing one to Seattle, though. Yeah, sure. You're losing one to Seattle, but again, you're still good either way. It's a third pairing guy. You can replace him for a million bucks. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And the money out you get, you sign someone with it. So you mm-hmm. have your 60, your five best forwards are signed. You have Koskinen and Staylock as your goaltending duo. I know that sucks. We'll get to that in a second. After all of that, without <laughs> buying out Neil, without losing Cassian, without doing any of that stuff, you still have $10.5 million in cap space. So there still is money there. Let's say you, Clef Bomb's done. You're not going to get him back. You know that. Let's say you lose Jones and you want to go give six to Tyson Berry. That's an insane number. I don't know why they would, but let's just say they overpay for him. Then your decor is still set. Your forward group has your five, six best guys all signed already. You still have $6 million to take care of your bottom six. And that has James Neal in there. That has Zach Cassian in there. You need four guys for six million bucks. Haas at a mill, chase on at one five, bang, there's two and a half. Like you fill out the team very quickly. They have walking around money, so maybe you don't need to buy out Neil. But if you want some wiggle room, if you want to go get a big name goalie or something like that, it might require you to move Miko Koskinen. But that bio to Neil might give you enough wiggle room to like really do some damage. But they're actually, people keep saying they're in a bad spot because they don't have a lot of contracts. They're in a good spot heading into this offseason. You've got important contracts already taken care of. I apologize uh, to Original just, Puzar if I got any money wrong. I'm sure he'll let me know uh, in my DMs, and I appreciate. Well, I was that. just going to say, are we toe. sure we should? Are we sure we should be trusting Tyler with the math on this? <laughs> Not at all. Knowing how much I fuck it up, but I'm using the resources online to do it. So I don't know. Maybe I'm I don't know wrong. if we should be trusting Tyler with the math on this. I don't know about that. What I do know about, however, Dan, is ordering food. I'll skip the dishes. I do know it, and I do know it well. I've done it twice already this week because I was lazy and didn't want to go to the grocery store. So you know what I did? I ordered a whole bunch of Chinese food that lasted me a couple of days anyway. That is what you call forward thinking, planning. It was all made possible thanks to our friends at SkipTheDigital.ca. I can't cook all of the delicious things like the Kung Pao chicken that I ordered. I just can't do it, Dan. But what I can do is I can order it. And that's what I did. And I encourage all of you to do it as well. SkipTheDishes.ca. Looking into the weekend, get yourself something to eat. Maybe treat yourself on Sunday. There's no football this weekend, but maybe you want to watch, uh, I don't know, season one of Gilmore Girls or something. You have yourself a nice little snack. Their competition must be listening because they sent me an email the other day that I get 75% off of four meals, and I said no. I told Mm -hmm. them no. Skip the dishes till I die. Dan is loyal to skip the dishes, and as he should be. Thousands of choices, and they'll drop it right off at your door provided that you tip your driver just as Tyler always mm-hmm. says. Okay. Uh, moving along a little bit, I want to talk about how a week has made an incredible difference. Last week when we were recording the podcast, everybody wasn't in nearly as good of a mood because the Oilers had just got shit pumped three times by the Leafs. It was not fun. Nobody liked it. We all had a bad time. However, here we are now. Beat the flames up on Saturday night couple of wins against the Senators already. We've got another one tonight against the Sens. Vancouver tomorrow. Rick, I'm going to start with you. What's the difference this week than last week? Are the Oilers playing that much better than they were last week? Are the Sens so terrible that any team could beat them? Yes. Uh, what do you think in this week over week? Uh, it's going to be a little bit of everything. I mean, obviously, your, uh, your level of competition has dropped down a little bit. <clears throat> They're taking full advantage of it, though. Um, they've stepped up and played a much better all-round game. Um, from goalie on up to the up to the top, even though maybe you lose half a mark with uh, putting Connor and Leon back together, maybe that seems a little bit uh, cheating rather than you know the whole team playing better. But uh, it's a little it's, it's it's everything, man. They 
you know, the Sens aren't the Leafs. The Leafs came out and they they circled that three game that three game uh, set on their calendar and they laid everything on the line. They came out and they and they beat us. You know, that's that's all there is to it. Um, they've obviously had a bit of a letdown afterwards as they've dropped a couple. And uh, fortunately for us, it hasn't negatively affected us mentally. And we came out and we're three and zero. I did. Well, I'm fairly certain I said we're going to go five in a row. Um, so, you know, 60% of the way there. I uh, completely anticipate a win tonight. And, yeah, we'll see what happens tomorrow. But I still think we come back 5-0. and oh. But in the long run, my belief on the team or the season didn't change um, before the first, second, or third game against Toronto, nor has it now. We're still in the top two, three teams this division. And I continue to see us getting better. And uh, hopefully by the end of the year, we are right up there with Toronto in terms of points. Dan, week over week, a lot has changed. Break it down for me. Yeah, I, I mean the the effort just wasn't there against the Leafs, and and Rick's right. They did they did game plan well. They did exactly to us what we did to them in the previous two games before those three that three game set. Um, I think that. I think that we definitely have the Senators number this year. There's, there's no two ways about it. That team just doesn't play as well against us as they do other, the other seven teams in our six teams in our division, um, five teams, I guess. Uh, they, they, they've, they've beaten every other team except for the Canucks because they haven't played them uh, that much. But uh, yeah, I, I, it was, I think it was just kind of predictable. You know, we, we said it, we all said it on the podcast last week that, we fully expect that they were going to come out this week and do basically what they did. Um, I know that, I know that the flames game was close, you know, and, and, uh, and the flames did play better, I guess, in the absence of, of their former coach. Um, but yeah, for me, it's, it's, it's exactly what you want to see. Uh, they absolutely demoralized the Ottawa senators in that last game. Like it was, nice. it was almost tough to watch. If you weren't, uh, if you weren't an Oilers fan, but it is definitely a, it's a little bit of payback for that rebuild that we've, uh, that we've had to endure. So it's uh, yeah, you, you just keep, you keep looking ahead in the schedule. It's going to get tougher. Um, we've, you know, this, this two game set against the senators and the Canucks is no slouch. You got the flames again, a couple more times. So it's, it's, it's going to get tougher before it gets easy. Uh, I like this team. I think that when they play, when they play a good 58 minutes, they can win the games most of the time. And, and the other thing too. Yeah, exactly. The other two, hopefully they can pull out some OT losses in those future games because uh, the rest of our division seems to like to get those loser points, and we don't. We refuse. And also, we hate empty net goals. That's the other. Uh, we, we other have, we've, been, we've been allergic to empty net goals for years, though. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, for sure. You're, you're um, biting your nails a lot. Especially with Josh no Archibald out of the lineup. Fucking Sultan is <laughs> think is the only one who can get one in there. Tyler, last week, a lot has changed. Break it down. Uh, first off, Dan, the Oilers are actually the only team in the NHL without an overtime loss now. I, I was talking about that on my pregame podcast the other day. And here's the thing, though. They're not even, like, going to overtime. Like, the one time they went to OT, they won. Aside from that, part of the reason, I mean, the Oilers have been killing you if you're betting them on the puck line. But if you're like me and you kind of bet on them in regulation every game, you're loving it. They have 16 regulation wins this year out of their 17 victories. Like, that's actually been one of the better bets in the NHL. Anywho, at the beginning of this year, we said this season was going to be an absolute roller coaster. And what has it been for Oilers fans? 
an absolute fucking roller coaster. Three and six start. We're fucking panicking. What the hell's going on? You dominate the month, the next month after that. And it's here we go. We're going to grab top spot in the North. Shit the bet against Toronto. Everyone's wondering if they're a playoff team. No way. Even if they make it, they can beat Toronto. And then you go win three in a row and everyone's feeling good. McDavid and Dries had five plus points again. And we're loving life. Like this is just what we expected. And you know what? It, they're going to go back into the shits at some point. I, I don't well, know when scary. they're going to lose games, but th- eventually they're going to lose three in a row somewhere else or two out of four or sorry, three out of five, something like that, right? They're going to slide again and that's fine. It's going to be a roller coaster. We all knew that coming in, keep an even keel. This team's good enough to make the playoffs and they'll get there. One thing that's obviously changed this past week uh, for the first time this season, Dave Tippett put in Connor and Leon together. Uh, and I'm just going back to that last game against the Sens. Like, they can't do anything against that line. <laughs> no. There was, I think it was, I'm just trying to think off the top. Oh, it was Darnell Nurse's goal uh, that just, he kind of did a Eric Brewer wrister through, through traffic that beat Murray through the legs. The shift leading up to that goal with the McDavid line was probably one of the most dominant shifts at the NHL level that I have ever seen in my life. Ottawa could not do anything. And by the time that the goal actually went in, finally went in, I should say, they were so gassed that they were just basically standing there waving their sticks around like blind people. So it's unbelievable that the Oilers get to put those two together. I think we all agree on that. But what my question is, is it the right choice for the Oilers to have those two together? Dan's Dad is nodding yes. Yeah. Dan, start us off. Yeah, I, I, I mentioned it on our uh, on our state of the nation show on Tuesday afternoon that I really thought that there's, there's kind of twofold to it, right? It's, it's a confidence boost for those two guys who have, you know, Leon had what eight games where he went without a goal. Um, And, you know, even just from the first sense game to the second sense game to, I think tonight as well, uh, you see that they just, they, they got that, they get that little hitch in their step again, that, that is just, it's beautiful to watch that pass by Connor, like, unreal and we're not even talking about it because it was just such a good game overall um so there's that element of it and then there's the other element of it and i'll go to a star wars reference for it but it's like the death star testing their giant laser on a woeful planet of alderaan they exploded that planet in front of everybody the senators are the planet in this analogy and the rest of the league looks at that and is like okay you know like here's a thing that the oilers haven't used out of their arsenal yet, but in any playoff series against the Toronto Maple Leafs, we lose two games against the Maple Leafs. Tip is going back to that, that line to start the game and the Leafs better look the hell out. So I love it. It's, you know, it's, it's fine. You know, the, unfortunately for the senators, they have to be the tune up team this year. Uh, just like the Detroit Red Wings are in their division and, and the Buffalo Sabres are in their division. They're that tune up game where you just come out and you fine tune the, the firepower and you're good to go for the rest of the way. So I love it. It's great for these three games. And then we'll get back to uh, our regularly scheduled lineups next week. I too think it's a lot of fun to have them together. Like I said, they're just so dominant and they're so magical. And they just, those two players know exactly where the other is going to be. And it is some kind of weird Sedine like mind reading or something like that. And it's been a lot of fun to watch. Um, Leon scored a, an amazing coast-to-coast goal the other night that embarrassed all of the Sens players. It's so much fun. However, I would counter by saying in the long term, I don't know that this is the best idea for the Weathers, um, unless 
the Nuge and this Puliarvi line can start putting them in. They had some chances in the third period, hit a couple of posts, if I remember correctly. Um, but unless that second line starts to go and they get a little, then they get some rhythm going and some momentum going. I don't know how long this is going to stick together uh, as a, as line combos in the top six. Tyler, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think that's kind of fair. Like, like Dan kind of said, it's fun to watch this. You throw them together. They'll beat the hell out of the senators. You get your two points. It's actually, I think a good strategy when you're playing a bad team, right? But when we get to the point where you have an opposing team's D pair that can shut them down or do a better job of shutting them down, they're not getting enough from the bottom nine on a consistent basis to let this be a permanent thing. You can't run with these two come playoff time. But what I think you can do is now always kind of remember, as Tippett has in the past, um, that these two guys are there if you're down in the third period or something, right? Like you can always keep going back to this combo in short spurts. But I think when it comes down the stretch into the playoffs, even the games next week against Calgary, you got to go back to splitting them up. Rick, what do you think? Yeah, it's just a short-term solution. Just kind of get the uh, get the battery running again. I think the team might have they might have felt like the team was spinning their wheels a bit. So you know, you get those two guys, get them stretching their legs out up and down the ice. Uh, it's kind of you feel that throughout the rest of the lineup. Um, when it came to Toronto, I think they, we got beat by their their bottom end uh, forwards anyway. So I don't know if. Uh, against Toronto that's going to do a whole bunch but yeah no you do it for a little bit and and you move on um when you ha- when they're at their best is when they're separated they're, they're bringing along you know two other forwards with them and all of a sudden you have two lines which you know just driving the other team nuts so yeah you use it for a little bit but uh it's more of just a you know a little Tylenol for the headache but uh, you got to get back <laughs> to uh splitting them back up again on February 25th Brendo 125 says love the content I listen every Friday after work. Can we please talk more about Mike Smith and how he's playing the best hockey I've ever seen from him? This guy all of a sudden reached his prime at nearly 40. That is a five-star review from Brando, and I want to bring it up because we've asked. If you want to make a comment on the podcast, just throw it in the review. Let's talk about it. Mike Smith, obviously a big part of this turnaround. He's playing great, and uh, Zach Lang always says it's Schmitty, not Mike Smith. Schmitty is coming in. Schmitty's playing good for us. Uh, I love Tyler, when Tibbet says that. It's so funny. Tyler, break down Schmidt. Oh, Schmidt. Um, who would have thought at the beginning of this season, if you go sort by goaltenders who have played at least five games in the NHL, the two best goal or the best goals against average is Mark Andre Fleury, but for a while, Schmidt was up there as well. Like he's top ten. Like who would have thought that those two guys, these old guys who everyone thought were washed up and done after the bubble last year, have found a way to resurrect their careers in their late thirties? Um, he's got one, maybe. Pardon? Ken Holland, maybe? Yeah, clearly. Oh, I guess. Ken Allen. It's Dave, Ken Tippett? Allen. Dave, Dave, Dave Tippett, maybe? Oh, yeah. Uncle Dave loves. Mike, loves. Mike Smith is top 10 in goals against average and top five in save percentage in the NHL. That's insane, man. Like, I, I said that there were some people who were unreasonably hard on that signing, but with that being said, I wasn't exactly was. a fan of it. I thought there was, was better options out there. I said, listen, eventually he's going to fall off a cliff. It's clearly not this year. He's playing great hockey, man. There's nothing else to be said. I love watching his celebrations after he's battling out there. He gives him a spark, all that good stuff. It's great. I wish I wish I could pull some of our audio from shortly, either before free agency or right after, because I think I'm paraphrasing myself here, but I think, I think I said something along the lines that if we go back with the same goaltending duo, tandem after all of the UFAs that were out there, that I was going to be super pissed off or do some kind of, you know, hyperbolic I, something. I think I yeah. called him plan Z. 
Uh, like <laughs> I, I, was, I was, I was still okay with them if they went through all the other plans. Twenty-five, twenty-five but, swings and misses. But I will say too, uh, <laughs> a goaltending note for people that aren't paying attention to Bakersfield this year: uh, Stuart Skinner in his last six starts is six and zero oh, with a one goal against average and a nine-six-one save percentage. So some good news from the Condors as well. Look, everyone, uh, goaltending is voodoo. Yeah. Okay. It was before Christmas last year when I said I gave up on trying to, to figure out the goaltending. Everybody sits there and yells on Twitter, this goaltender, that goaltender, uh, you know, the favoritism, blah, 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 blah. If you go in and look at, at Twitter and get them to rate every game, they're probably not 50% when it comes to goaltending, whereas the coaching and the GMs, they are and I know it's frustrating because everybody wants to know better than everybody else. But uh, I, dude, I gave up a year and a half ago. I'm sitting back. I'm I, I read the the, the tweets and whatnot, and smile and chuckle because I know no matter what they say that that goaltender can come out and make them look absolutely dead ass wrong. Whether it be you know this goalie's great, Koskinen's the way to go, and then he lets in those two horrible goals, <laughs> or then you know Mike Smith. And I'm sorry, at the end of the day, I like people keep uh, bringing up Mike Smith at that one real shitty goal where he was up against the post and just somehow yeah. found its way through. Yep. Well, that goal was nowhere near as bad as the shitty-ass goal Koskinen gave up on the other yeah. side, where he had, like, four <laughs> holes against the post there. Like, you stop it, and you're like, yeah. there's a little hole right there he can hit, and a hole right there, and a hole right there, and a hole right there. Like, that was terrible. I mean, it's, it's absolutely hilarious, because no matter what you say on Twitter, that goaltender comes out and makes you look bad, you know, within an hour of, uh, of the puck drop. So... Guys, sit back. Forget about trying to, to figure out the goaltending. Sit back and enjoy it and laugh. Because even that last game when he let in that first horrible one, I just smiled and laughed. Like, there's no way we're not going to score four against Ottawa. So if he lets in four bad ones, then I might get a little angry. But the first bad one, it's it's goaltending, man. It's, it's voodoo. Nobody understands it. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's just really weird this year. So, Brendo125, uh, there's a little Mike Smith talk for you. If you want to leave us a review, leave us a podcast review. I've got some more that I'm going to read as either the podcast goes on or the weeks go on. But leave us a review. Give your take on the Oilers. We'll read those too. Maybe there's uh, something you don't like about the line combos. Maybe there's something you don't like about the power play. Whatever it is, let me know. Let's read it together. We will make you a part of this podcast. The funny thing, though, is (laughs) I would love you know what mike smith has pulled up the robin brownlee stick it up the backside <laughs> of his critics which is if you've been around the nation for a long time you know that one and he's doing a great job of it this year mike smith i tip my cap to you because i did not expect it and you rightfully so could tell me to go fuck my hat right to my face and i would just be like mm-hmm. i deserve that thank you fair enough you know what the real problem, though, Dan, is when people can't admit they were wrong. And I think the nice thing about all yeah. four of us, all five of us here, is that uh, we were wrong on that one. We were wrong on that one, and it's fun. Yep. I like it. Yep. I like it. When you're wrong and there's a lot of W's behind it, it makes there being wrongness <laughs> a little bit a little bit easier. <laughs> We've definitely been wrong on a bunch of uh, younger first round draft picks uh, in previous years, and those big fat L's that get hung up on us. Those ones hurt. So yeah, it's this is a little more enjoyable. Almost as upsetting as being right about something really bad as well. <laughs> one for one. Yeah, like, you can't like be... at the year after the other one for one. Yeah. And they were trading Eberle. They bought out Pouliot. And I was just like, where's the goal scoring going? And it was just like, you're wrong, Bag Milk. And I was right. And I didn't want to be. But this time I'm happy to be wrong. That's what that's what matters. Happy to be wrong. Mike Smith. 
congratulations on whatever uh, you know baby stem cells you are taking in right now allegedly in my opinion because you are turning back the clock my friend you're turning back the clock okay okay another thing i want to bring up real quick before we move on to something else here is bag milk's risky business i got a text from jay before this saying plug your own show and i said okay i will thank you before the game starts, every game day now, we are talking a little bit of risky business on Oilers Nation's Instagram Live. We're going to talk about some sports betting. We're going to talk about what I'm putting down. I want to know what you're putting down. If schedules work, anybody on this podcast is welcome to join. Josh Park joined me on episode one. We had a good time. 15 minutes. 15 and you minutes. cut it off hard, right? I cut it off real hard. I set a timer. It's got an exploding bomb that goes off. And if the bomb goes, we shut it down. And I cut Josh off mid-sentence last time, and it made me laugh. Perfect. So that's what we got. 15 minutes of gambling talk. Bag Milk's risky business. About an hour-ish before puck drop, provided that I remember. I've set an alarm today. So around 6 o'clock today. Around 6 (laughs) o'clock. Okay. Senators, I want to talk about tonight's game a little bit more because we're getting to a point now where I start to feel nervous. First, what is it now? Six? First six games in a row, wins all over. W's on the board. But I feel like beating NHL teams is not as easy as the Oilers making it seem with the Senators. And I just feel like the universe, the hockey guards, as cruel as they may be, could throw a tough one in our – like they could be sticking a stick in our bike spokes here right away. Dan, am I nervous about nothing when it comes to beating teams that the Oilers should beat most nights? I think most nights you're right, but I, I do truly believe what I said earlier that I, I just think that this Oilers-Sens matchup is just not good for the Sens right now. And it, it's understandable. They have, you have two of the best players in the world and they're playing with each other right now. So that's just an added bit of sauce that the Senators have to deal with. But I don't think the Senators are as bad as the Oilers make them look on a nightly basis. So I understand where you're coming from. I just think that this is a good matchup for the Oilers right now. Be more concerned about the Canucks matchup tomorrow night. Tyler, am I wrong about being nervous about the Senators? They're terrible. Yeah, no, because you're an Oilers fan, right? And for the last however many years, how have the Oilers <laughs> done against shitty hockey teams, right? Like, I mean, that was the whole thing. Remember that was, I don't know if it was the last playoff year or not, but like they couldn't beat the LA Kings and the LA Kings were like dead last in the division and the Oilers would go there and lose like fucking five, nothing. You'd be like, what the hell? Um, But credit to the Oilers, man in Gregor had this in his game notes today in the span where the Oilers have gone six and O against the senators. They have gone eight and seven against the Leafs jets, Habs and flames. Like the Oilers are not letting these points slip and you can groan and go, ah, fuck they're beating the Sens. Who cares? Just two points is two points, man. And they are not letting these slip. Every other team, except Vancouver, who sucks anyway, so who gives a shit? Every other team is letting these points slip away. Edmonton's not. That's why they're in a good spot right now. So, yeah, I I think eventually, you know, maybe the hockey gods give the Senators one. Maybe Joey Decord is the second coming, and he plays Unreal tonight. But I'm not betting on it, and I mean that literally. Rick, am I getting nervous for nothing? Have the Oilers, uh, growing up as an Oilers fan my whole life, have they hurt me too many times? Yeah, man, I've, our ages are close enough. I've been through everything you've been through. Uh, you have every reason to be nervous. However, um, getting nervous going to these games would have been, you know, kind of close to getting nervous seeing the 80s Oilers go into some of these games. Uh, you've got two of the best players in the world on the same team. You've got a team that's playing really well. You've got a team that's 
itself is, you know, one of the best teams in our division. And I do believe that uh, when it's, we're playing our best, that we can be, you know, one of the top 10, top eight teams in the league. So, yeah, no, there's a reason to be nervous, but uh, I wouldn't be going into this one. This team is, is different. Um, you've got Connor and Leon in charge out there. They're not letting uh, the gods decide these games. They're coming out, they're grabbing them, and uh, they're taking control. So I still think we uh, we went tonight, and we, we're taking tomorrow too. We're going five in a row, boys. Before we move on to – before we start getting into hot and cold performance here to wrap up this week's podcast, let's go around the horn. It's sweep season. Are we taking the brooms out tonight, Dan? Your score prediction, Oilers sends game three. I'm going to say it's a eight – to two final for the episode. Whoa. Whoa. Pumping for yep. Dan. Okay. Going for it. I like this. So Dan's betting the over. I like that. I'm going to bring that into risky business a little bit later. And if they don't, nice. I'm going to blame Dan for it. Yep. Rick, score prediction. Brooms coming out. Brooms are coming out, man. Uh, but I don't think it's going to be as wild as the last one. Uh, I think the Oilers even kind of will try and play a better all round game instead of uh, kind of going for the throat. Uh, I'm going to say it's a uh, Four one tonight. Look for your player points. Stay away from the uh, overall over number here. Yeah, never bet over unders on the Oilers. That is uh, that is my that's the rule I've had this whole year because they're unpredictable as fuck. I would take I would take the I don't know the number off the top of my head, but I would consider Oilers the uh, the home team over three and a half goals. So I think it's like minus one fifty five or minus one forty five or something like it's at three and a half. Yeah. I wouldn't touch it then. Yeah. Don't touch um, it. Look for some oil. Look for some points and shots. I'm not nervous heading into this hockey game because I just think they're rolling right now. They're the better team. And I can't see a situation where the Ottawa senators shut down 29 and 97. I am going to say five, two Oilers empty netter mixed in there. They get, they finally get an empty netter. <laughs> Good for you. Are you betting on that empty netter or not? No, I won't bet on an empty netter. I'll, I'll just bet on the Oilers on the spread and my pregame podcast, bet of the game is uh, it's Oilers to win the first period, which is like plus 110 right now, which is insane. I love that one. I love those. There's a great I bet, love man. that one. Yeah. Okay. Um, also, I'm going to go say, I'm going to just going to wrap it up real quick. Yeah, yeah, 4-2 yeah. Oilers, that's a big win. Uh, huge series against the Sens. Fuck you, Ottawa. It's been fun beating up on the Senators because as Oilers fans, we had way too many times where other teams would come in and just shit kick us for weeks at a time. Tyler, go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say, I'm also throwing in uh, McDavid over three and a half shots on goal, paying even money. Uh, also, I, I found a fun number here. The Oilers, uh, McDavid and Drysaddle, they've had five plus points. They've each done it twice this year. It's only happened seven times total in the NHL this entire season. So out of those seven, McDavid twice, Drysaddle twice. The other three are Stone, Huberto, and Forsberg. But they're over 50% of like the big games this year. It's crazy. So what you're saying is Connor and Leon, very good at hockey. Yes. And That's Ottawa, not so much. <laughs> Ottawa, you know what? What Ottawa has been good for? Thicken up the old bankroll. Because I'll tell you, I won a lot of money on Wednesday, so I want to say thank you, Ottawa Senators. I appreciate you. Um, Ezra Taves. Ezra Taves gives a five-star review to Oilers Nation Radio. Awesome podcast. Look forward to Friday every week. You guys keep it funny and love the natural ad reads by Bag Milk. Well, Ezra Taves, you're going to love this one where I tell you it's time for you to go to Jasper. It's the weekend. 
Spring is upon us. It's beautiful. It is time to enjoy our national parks and all of the wonderful activities that Jasper has to offer. Maybe you want to do a little hiking, walking, or biking. Maybe you want to do a little climbing or canyoning. A little spree lunking, Tyler. Get yourself one of those uh, helmets with a little light on it. That'd look nice. Mm-hmm. Maybe you just want to walk around. <laughs> maybe check out some wildlife. I don't know. You can do it all. You can do it all in Jasper. If you want more details on what to do, where to go, and how to be safe while you're at it, Jasper dot travel again that is jasper dot travel get to the mountains it's beautiful it's nice out i'm due i'm due for a trip to jasper i feel like mm-hmm. cinnamon maybe a little spring skiing is in my is in order for me uh okay tyler get your buttons ready it is time for the deuce vodka hot and cold performers of food. of course deuce vodka is our brand new sponsor here on the podcast, deucevodka.com is where you can find out where to grab it. This is Brett Kissel's vodka. It is delicious. Making a cocktail. If you if you missed it, Brett Kissel retweeted friend of the nation, friend to everyone, Brad Stepenko the other day. He is doing a Neon Nation bomb, which if you haven't seen them do that, is a shot of Deuce Vodka dropped into a nation beer. And he oh, man. He, um, the other day I messaged him after he did the I think it was the Brett Kissel one. And he was like, yeah, my camera didn't work on the first one. So that was like his second <laughs> power bomb in 30 seconds. Like the guy is a monster and I love it. Well, he was telling me, he was saying he was going to do it one for every Leon Dreisaitl goal or something. He was tweeting about that before the game and obviously Leon yeah. turned a prick. And I was just like, oh, Brad is going to be ladder match fucked up by the time this game is over. But that's not what it's about. Drink a cocktail, enjoy responsibly. DeuceVodka.com. Go find it. Brett Kissel is behind it. It's delicious. I've had it. I enjoy it. You will enjoy Always it. Always drop they've a deuce. They've, all, they've got a Liquor Connect locator right on the website as well. So deuce That's the name, Tyler. Drop a deuce in your nation beer. It's a, it's a, it's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a thing. Dan loves a turd in the punch bowl. Okay. Tyler, get your buttons ready. The Deuce Vodka. Hot and cold performers of the week. As we do, we're going to start with our veggies as we, uh, against boys. Looking back on the seven days of our lives, the things that were a little bit negative, the things that made us a little bit sad, or people that just had a really, really rough week. And what I'm going to say is I'm going to start this off. My Deuce Vodka cold performer of the week is Father Time. Do you want to know why, Tyler? Yes. Because he can't hold Rick down. Because this week coming up, St. Patrick's Day is Rick's 40th birthday. So, Father Time, fuck you. You can't stop him. He is unstoppable. You are my Deuce Vodka Cold Performer of the Week. I think a a negative into a positive there. That was good. Well, I I think think Schmitty. Schmitty and uh, and Mr. Tom Brady are kind of – Actually, I think I may be older than Mike Smith, so I can't even say that. Tom Brady's <laughs> out there. He's out there leading the charge. So he's still playing the NFL. Um, you know, I still got a little bit of hope left. Then you're the you're the Mike Smith of Oilers podcasting, right? <laughs> I I, uh, I believe that other podcast is at least two guys older than me, for the record, yeah. if not three. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, definitely three, right? I got to think three. Uh, yeah, I'm fairly certain uh, Chalmers, Bonnie, and Jay are all got a couple couple weeks on me yeah they're very very old happy birthday rick happy early birthday all right tyler your deuce vodka cold performer of the week please 
we got news this week that Oscar Clefbaum's going to have surgery and he's going to begin that process. And we don't know if it's going to result in him coming back to play next year or anything like that. But my cold performer of the week is people who are hating on Oscar Clefbaum. This guy for the last few years has been the best defenseman that the Oilers have. He's been doing it on a value contract. Does he play 82 games often? No, but this guy eats a fuckload of minutes for this blue line. He's been so good for them. And the news about him having the surgery and maybe one day coming back should have been good news. Not a chance to shit on the guy. People hating on Oscar Clefbaum and crapping on the news about his surgery saying, let him go in the offseason. We want nothing to do with him. You don't have a clue. And you're my cold performer of the week. I agree with you. It's crazy. It's crazy. And like, not only that, do people want to hurt me specifically and take away the joy I feel when I get to post that shirtless picture of Clefbaum, no matter what he does? Think about me, people. Unbelievable. Nation Dan, your Deuce Vodka Cold Performer of the Week. Well, Tyler, you just, uh, I mean, you nailed it on the head there, and I'm going to have to take it a step further. Uh, it was kind of, it was leaked out about Tuesday that, that Oilers fans wanted Jake DeBrusque. And all of a sudden that turned into people trying to ship Ethan Bear out of town. A guy who last year was Dumb. our, like, was our, was arguably the best story on this team outside of maybe Leon Dreisaitl. Um, and, and people are ready to ship him out of town for a, for a question mark of a player in, in comparison. It's absolutely mind boggling to me how other fans can struggle for years with the Nikita Nikitans of the world on our defensive core. And, and all of a sudden we have found money in Ethan bear, a guy who, you know, took his, took his life, did a 180 with it and turned himself into an everyday NHL player. And we're ready to kick him out the door for another guy on another team that might do good here. Like I, it just, it's, it just frustrates me to no end when people are ready to get rid of NHL players for, for question marks. It's just, it's, it's frustrating to me to no end, but Oiler fans, you need to leave those kinds of players alone. Stop trying to ship them out of town. Ethan bear and Edmonton Oiler for a long, long time. So people that want to get rid of them, you're my cold performer of the week. What the hell is going on? People are just desperate to relive the Jeff Petrie trade again. They just that's they just yeah. really, really yeah. want it. Jeff Petrie's gonna win a, a Norris at this pace. He's yeah. in the Norris contention. Like he like honestly, and 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 we're talking about getting rid of these young defensemen that we finally have. I don't know. It's just ugh. anyways. Devil's advocate, if you did read the Gregor article, there was one sentence that popped out to me and that really stood out. That said, he didn't come into into camp in shape. That was kind of his issue two years ago. Then it looked like he got it fixed up coming in last year. And then this year, if he had a bit of a slide there, um, this is, the for the most part, the fans, I bet you nobody picked up on that sentence. So uh, the vitriol that they're throwing out there really isn't um, validated in this point. But some of the guys who cover the team, who may be saying, you know, you have to spend something to, to get something, and if you're looking at moving a player who is a little bit of a question mark just before his contracts, you know, they, nothing's gone simple with this guy. We would love nothing more to see that story, you know, be the full 180. But it obviously hasn't been because he did come in under. And if that affected his game at the start of the year, well, listen, this, there's actual um, validated worries there. Now, does that mean he can't change it again? No. 
Uh, he's getting his game to go on. Uh, it's much better now than it was at the beginning of the season, and it's better now than it was when he first came back from his injury. Um, I would not be willing to give up on him at this point, but I will say if there is that, if there is a little cloud of that hanging over a player, you need to be a little cautious because you can't go out and just big throw big money and big term at a guy if he has some sort of issues like that. But like that's I said, that's, that's, out of the, that's out of the realm of our, of what we can see. So yeah. we're probably going to be sitting here arguing, saying that's a lot of things we are. But if there is, like I said, I saw that little part there. That stood out like a sore thumb to that's me. A, um, if that's an issue, that's something you have to really look at. It's a fair point. I just think that that more, more than anything probably plays into the team's favor when it comes to contract time. They can just say, hey, yeah, but man, it, like you got to keep showing them that you got to but your But your agent's never going to say something like that, right? Your agent's no, no, but the, but the team you. can. But the team can absolutely say, like, listen, Ethan, you know, like you, you came in one year slim and spelt and the other two years you haven't so i i think that that's I, you're right rick i understand what you're saying but uh i, I also was going to say john tortorella is an absolute joke right now but that's uh he's not my official cold performer of the week i just can't <laughs> believe that he's like that quote from pierre lebrun where he said i'm starting to wonder if john tortorella wants to be fired believe it or not i know it's a crazy thing to say but he's done a lot of interesting things this year behind the bench and it just makes you wonder and when pierre lebrun is questioning he's a, certain, your, he's a certain type of coach and coaches yeah. all the players the same way also, I just, power move if you do get yourself fired and you've still got two, three, four years left on that contract. Yeah. I can put your feet up. Good for you, Torts. Also, um, <laughs> I saw at Dash in the Park was pointing this out on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the average ice time per game right now for Patrick Line and Columbus is higher than it was in four or five of his seasons in Winnipeg or four of his seasons in Winnipeg or something like that. Like he... He's playing like 18 minutes a night, and he only did that once in Winnipeg. So uh, Torts is back. playing him. He's just sitting him in the third period at weird times. I want to go back to Ethan Bear for a second uh, just to defend him. Even if he did came, come into Edmonton with a couple LBs, bro, get to work. This is your job. Secondly, hey, man, fuck pandemic. Old bag milk thick. I get it. We're all just sitting around watching the boys eating handfuls of cheese all day. I get it. Wanye ain't signing those paychecks with that many zeros, though. That's right. It's, well, not yet. Wanye, yeah, it's time to negotiate. Is that a comma <laughs> onto what I'm making, please? Uh, okay. <laughs> Rick, your Deuce Vodka cold form of the week. Uh, so this is good. This is more of a, of a fear of what could be. So it's going to go a little bit to the CFL. It's going to go a little bit to the XFL. It's going to go a little bit to everybody involved in this. I'm terrified to see what's going to happen. At the same time, I'm kind of excited. Either way, this should have been quiet until they had some sort of um, set plan. When they're coming out, the, the CFL is coming out and say, you know, we're working with the XFL, and then the CFLPA comes out and goes, sorry, what? And then you have players coming out going, you know, maybe we should be talking about training camps. Rather than, it's just, it's, it could be a great idea. It could be a horrible idea. That's down the road, whatever. Um, but the way it got out there this week, I think, is uh, it's very – secondary league level type stuff. It's very Bush league. So you need to come out and do something huge. You've got the, you've got the rock in charge of this. Uh, if you did something quietly and put it together and then let the rock do his thing in terms of announcing it and stuff, it's going to be almost impossible not to be excited about it. Cause that's just kind of what he does. So I think you kind of missed an opportunity to do that, but uh, I'm praying that things come out at the end of the day and it's still very CFL ish. And uh, yeah, but, I just think you could have done a better job this week. I can. Boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, <laughs> boy. 
I can see it right now. The Rock, he's got the CFL tattooed on the inside of one bicep. He's got the XFL tattooed on the other side of the other bicep. And then he's in the Iron Paradise, and he's fucking lifting one of those gigantic chains. And he's like, we are coming together. And I was like, yes, Rock. And then he eats a giant tub of sushi because it's cheat day. <laughs> you can tell I follow The Rock on Instagram. That's those big pancakes <laughs> he likes, man. Those massive pancakes. Yeah. And like a liter of syrup. When he does cheat day Sunday and it's like the sushi train's gonna roll, and I'm like, God damn, man, that is a fucking trough of sushi that you've got there. That's a weekend uh, full of food, and that's even for me. <laughs> I like it. Okay. Flipping the ledger. Dan, I'm starting with you. Deuce Vodka, hot performer of the week. Please. Uh, mine's going to go a little bit off the board, but it's uh, going to go to a local radio host, uh, Lauren Hunter, who just uh, yeah. yesterday announced that she won the 2021 Alan Waters Young Broadcaster of the Year Award in memory of Steve Young. Uh, pretty big. Uh, Tyler, you can probably speak to it a little bit better than I can. Uh, pretty big award, pretty big special award for, for anybody to get. Uh, but for a, uh, a young lady who's been in this Edmonton market and, and having fun doing her thing. Uh, love to see it. So congratulations to Lauren Hunter for the 2021 Alan Waters young broadcaster of the year award. Yeah! I like her costumes. Every year I was looking forward to Halloween. Yeah. Costumes. It was hilarious. Yeah. She puts, she puts in way too much work into them in my opinion. Uh, but they always look so good. So it's hard to argue any of which she, she called me Sonic. She called me one time to flip my cell phone to try and pick the Super Bowl winner this year or that year. And I did it live on the radio. Mm-hmm. Good times. She also did that cool Connor McDavid painting once. She did. Yeah, she's very, my very brother-in-law talented. has one up in his house. And it was for the, I think it's for the push for the Nathan Pillion pavilion that she's been hot on the, oh, on the trails of as well. So. There's uh, she, it's just fun. The city is fun, and there's a lot of good young people that uh, that we can be excited about. And Rick too. Yeah, maybe not very, young. Very <laughs> Rick still knows how to have a good time, but he is now very very. Uh, Lauren Hunter, listen to Ron Sonic. Uh, Tyler, your Deuce Vodka hot performer. I was very hard on one Oilers player to start the year. I said I didn't want him in the lineup. I said, trade him, put him on waivers, do anything, get him out of here because this team does not need him. And over the last week, he has made me look like a fool. And I give him credit. He's a veteran guy who found his game, is starting to make an impact, not just on the power play, but at five on five as well. He had six shots on goal the other day, had a goal to go with it. And when this guy gets smoking hot, there is no one on the team like him. It is Alex Chase on. He's my hot performer of the week. He's put together a few really good weeks now, and damn it, I'm proud of him because I was kind of an asshole about the way he was playing earlier <laughs> in the year, and I apologize. This is my apology, naming him my hot performer of the week. I also laugh because when Alex Chase on gets going, he you can tell he's getting confident. In a game, when he had that two-goal game a couple weeks ago, later on in that game, he dropped down to one knee on a one-timer. Last game he scored or that when he scored on Monday, he was at the top of the zone and he's dangling back and winding up for a big clapper. And I just think it's the funniest thing. I'm starting to really like this guy. And uh, I didn't think I'd be saying that. So Alex chase on, you changed my mind. And for that, you are my hot performer of the week. He's a hot guy. This is a podcast of mea couples here. We're just saying sorry to everybody. If there are any other apologies you guys would like to make in your hot, cold performers, please feel free to do so. Rick, you're up next. Deuce Vodka, hot performer of the week. Well, you know what? It's going to go to a 
to another guy in the bottom six who uh, I don't know if he's re. Yeah, I guess you could say he's refound himself this year. Uh, and the, the 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 facial hair and oh. the, the the head of hair this man has right oh. now, oh, it's absolutely incredible, outrageous, Mister Jujar Kara. Um, big big hopes for him going uh, last couple of years let his game kind of slip a bit and, but you know what, give him all the credit in the world. Cause this year he started off a little, a little slow, but a bottom six guy without uh, training camp and preseason, you kind of expect it. So he used a little bit of time there, went down to the taxi squad, took full advantage of his time down there. And ever since he's come back and grabbed a spot and, and helped make his line, um, a viable bottom six line, like an actual bottom six line on, on a, on a good team. So, uh, I think he gets a lot of credit for, the uh, the depth scoring that we have going on down there, and that Devin Shore, that little forehand backhand fake to the goalie, and then throwing it over for, to JJ to go upstairs. That was almost as nice as it was for the uh, the call for Hunter Ryan, who got to uh, call JJ's goal there. Yeah. But uh, JJ, he's uh, he's really starting to fill out to kind of what I've always expected or hoped out of him, and uh, hopefully it keeps rolling this year and into his RFA next year. Put some respect on my name. And again, to punctuate the point, the beard and the fucking salad on Jujar right now, unbelievable. If you like, don't, I'm fairly certain his helmet's just made out of like like cardboard or something right now. Like he doesn't yeah. even need that. That comes off. And he that protect the protection of that hair he has right now, dude. He's fine. We made a meme of his uh, post game the other day after the game and the head of hair is great. The beard is fantastic. Had a bandaid on the nose, like a good hockey guy. All I know is that JJ looks sweet right now. And I am like, like Rick, I couldn't be happier for him. So I'm a huge, huge JJ guy. Uh, just to wrap this up, I'm going to get a little sappy with my Deuce Vodka hot performer of the week today. Gentlemen marks the one year anniversary that the NHL shut down. Last year on March 12th, 2020, I wrote an article for the nation that said the NHL officially suspends its season. And that was the start of a four month drought of nothing. And I just want to say thank you to everybody that's been listening to us. And the fact that this podcast has grown over the last 12 months is pretty incredible. I want to say thank you to the people that have made that happen. The people that listened for, I don't know. What would you guys say? Eight months of last year where there was fucking nothing to talk about. We just made shit up. We speculated. We talked nonsense. We told stories. We just talked about being bummed that there was no hockey, but even so uh, Tyler, you can confirm it for me. Like this podcast has grown and I think that's pretty fucking cool under the circumstances. So I guess my Deuce Vodka hot performer of the week actually goes to everybody over the last 12 months. And I know that's kind of a little bit of a sappy sellout here in the segment, but what a ride. Can't believe it's a year today, the anniversary of the NHL shutting down. So just everybody listening to this now, hearing this now, thank you for being here over the last 12 months. I appreciate you. You are all my hot performers of the week. Damn Arby's boys. Wheels up. Ski, skirt. I love that guy. Oh, I love that guy. I might pay him for a cameo just to say, hey, bag milk, let's go to Arby's and then have him do that. I want to, he's on cameo, right? Yep. I want to pay him to do an extra for us where he says like, them Oilers Nation radio boys. Them Oilers. Yes, yes. Them Oilers boys. boys. Wheels Wheels up. up.
it's pretty weird. Hey, Tyler, just to like go back on what I was saying, it is weird that this podcast grew yeah. once a week in a no sport year where it is specifically dedicated to a hockey team. Yeah, like it, you're you're bang on with that. Like it's been uh, it's been crazy to see kind of how the numbers have kept going up. Like it, it's crazy. I'm trying to pull up like a year by year thing, and I can't uh, right now while we're live on the pod. But um, it's well, we cool talked some we talked some we talked some Ogopogo before. We kept yeah, we kept things interesting. I think for most people, I know Tyler wasn't a big fan of some of our topics, but uh, at I least we even... stayed on train a little bit more. I think that come a couple of other podcasts might get a little more hairy for him. Yeah, yeah but I'm trying to even remember like. <laughs> I'm trying to, because we literally did one of these every week when there was no sports. Like, I'm trying nothing. to remember back to, like, what we fucking did. What did we talk about? I don't remember. Well, uh, we, had some guests. we had some guests over that time, yeah. and, and we definitely, I think I think for the four of us and, and for anybody else that's been able to host on this, it, it was just kind of normalizing for everyone to just keep being able to come back <laughs> and, and talk about stuff. So, a year ago today would have been the whatever the 12th and we released a podcast on the 13th titled nhl season suspended and sell me presser um and then our next one was just titled should the oilers bring back anton (laughs) 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 slepeshev we had the the next one which was good (laughs) oh you remember the snowbirds episode Yes, yeah, I do. Ran, we all ran outside to watch Snowbirds. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. Um, and then, honestly, after that Snowbirds episode, we had like a breaking down the 24 team format. Um, we had like some NHL awards in there. And uh, yeah, that was that was kind of it. it we didn't even do a clip show. We're pretty good at this. Yeah. Oh, man, just, the Snowbirds. I forgot how good that was. I just think it's, I think it's really something kind of cool and special that a podcast that's talking about bringing back Anton Slepeshev a fucking day after the, or a week after the, the league shuts down. I think that's pretty cool that people stuck with us because we had, straws. we had nothing. We had nothing. It was like a fucking science. It was like a, it was a creative writing exercise in podcast form for eight months. And then when the hockey finally <laughs> came back in the summer, it was like, Oh my God. Okay, we dropped that Slepeshev episode, and that was our most listened to episode for the next two months. <laughs> <laughs> the people wanted to talk about Slepy. And nobody had nothing else to do. Yeah, no. Oh, man, that's you. funny. The answer is still yes. You bring back Anton Slepeshev. Move Cassie and put Slepy in there. He's exempt from the expansion draft. Oh, this is the long term plan. <laughs> it's it's all coming together. I, <laughs> you know what? Bring back Slepeshev. Okay, that's it. That's all for the podcast. I want to thank our friends at Sherwood Ford, Skip the Dishes, Tourism, Jasper, and Deuce Vodka. And again, for the second, third, fifth, 25th time, thank you to everybody listening. We do this. It's fun for us to have an hour and just bullshit, talk about the Oilers. But without you guys listening, Wanye wouldn't pay the checks to get it done. That's it. That's it. So thank you for listening. Please tell a friend. Please tell a coworker, aunties, uncles, whoever you got. Oilers Nation Radio goes up every Friday. Brand new episode. Pandemic or not, we will be here. Like Rick said, there's not even clip shows. Fresh good content. Thanks quickly before we go. Before we go, we didn't have a guest today, but we still need to give love to our friends at Cornerstone Insurance, official insurance broker of OilersNation.com. Solid protection, sound advice. Check them out online. Cornerstoneins.ca. There you go. There you go. Wrap it all up. We have a podcast done. Oilers Nation episode 128 is in the books. 
Have a great weekend, everybody. Go Oilers. Shout out, Damien. Best wishes. Thanks for listening to Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media to stay up to date and never miss a podcast. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait. Is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, hockey fans, listen up, because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Face-Off Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes, because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.